Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Eliza Anything. I know you are listening from home because you're not allowed to go out unless you live in Florida or Georgia where your governor is like, yeah, take to the oceans, do whatever you want, spit in each other's mouths. We have a reputation to uphold. Or you're an Uber driver. Or you're an Uber driver. Or you're, you have a job. But we're here for you. I saw a post today. I always feel lame when I quote Instagram, but I follow this account called Face Gym because I used to go to Face Gym when people were allowed out of their homes and it's this place that massages your face. You feel really good. Anyway, they had a quote on there. So not really a gym. It's not really a gym. They had a, they took a picture of something. It looks like it's in another country. I think it's in London because Face Gym's in London by something called Bright Vibes. And it said, staying positive doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time. It means that even... On hard days, you know that there are better ones coming. I felt that on an atomic level because sometimes people are like, you know, don't be negative, don't get down. I'm like, I'm not. You're allowed to be pissy. You're allowed to be in a bad mood. You're allowed to feel bad. But I, this whole thing saddens me because I'm very into looking to the future and looking forward to even the tiniest things, like a cup of coffee. And so my bright horizons have gotten very small. I go to bed excited for coffee the next day because I know I can't leave and go do stand up my favorite thing. So look forward to what little joys you can, whether it's having extra dinner or extra dessert or eating all the cake that your husband made. So what? Well, when I used to go to a body gym, which is actually a massage parlor. <laughs> so we're going to be here to answer your questions, your burning queries. Um, I thought I was going to do an episode with Emily, but we're not going to today. And uh, it's going to be with- Why not? What happened? I don't know what happened, but um, she's okay. Um, that makes it sound like she's not. She's totally okay. So we're going to answer some of your questions that you'd submitted prior. And we have some backup questions as well. So let's get it. Cracking. I already circled These one. questions were not intended for me, but look out, folks. Yeah, they are. These are from last week. Oh. I wasn't on last week either. Here's one. Cat Cat Watson. My boyfriend and I are moving in together this week, and we'll have around two to three weeks of quarantine together. Well, when you wrote this, you thought it was two to three weeks. Turns out it's a lifetime. Any relationship advice for this? We're excited, but gosh, this seems like a lot at once. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, you are in it at this point, regardless. I mean, even for a marriage, this is it. Nobody signs up to be together 24-7 unless you're, like, Amish. So— This is, I think, the longest you and I ever been in the same city. Yeah, it's tough. This is not really a test of a relationship. These are, like, extenuating circumstances. That's like saying, like, I was going to go camping, and then I signed up for the Navy SEAL exams, and if I couldn't make those, then I can't go camping normally. It's like, you can't. Under normal circumstances, your relationship might be fine. Um, it's a, it's a relationship expediter. It's more of a, yeah, in terms of ending it. It just, it moves it along at a, at a, it's like a pressure cooker, but not in the pressure way in the, in the, it makes things cook faster. You also, you know, even if you only have one apartment, like you still have headphones. I'm sorry, one apartment. (laughs) What? You don't have multiple apartments. You still have, if you have one bedroom, you still have headphones. You still have a book. You still can take walks outside people. Like, it's not like. Yeah, like my I guess my acid rain. My advice is uh let let it go. Let stuff go. That's the the best yeah. advice 
Just when you realize you're stewing over like something really inconsequential, let it go. And then make a stew. And then make a stew. Make a stew of all your pain. Sarah from Florida here. I've been to two of your shows and I just watched Spencer Confidential. Love everything you do. Thank you. What are you guys doing to combat quarantine boredom? What about Tianfu? Does she get extra training for jumping over sofa cushions? Cutest snow peach ever. Well, I believe not so much in structure, but there was an article in the Sunday New York Times today, and a lot of people are writing articles about this, and all of the articles pretty much say the same thing, and it's how you don't have to be the most productive right now. And especially as Americans, you know, we base our value on how productive we're being. When people first started saying this, my thought was, nice try. I'm not going to slow down just so you can beat me. I'm coming out of this with a whole script. I will say I've gotten slower with my production. We were a little sick for the first couple of weeks, but it is difficult to put goals for yourself when it's just so vast and nebulous and there's no end in sight. Um, we do our Don't Panic Pantry and Smoky Husky. I mean, you do a lot of work for that. I do. Um, but also, like, if you weren't that productive before, then it's you're, you're, you're going to be that productive but now. So what's the work you do that goes into it? Because it's not just turn the camera on, we're doing, I mean, you do a lot of work for it. Uh, yeah, well, the recipe writing, all that stuff now too. So once it got more popular and people wanted to do it, then we was like, oh, well, now we need to be able to post the recipes in advance. It means I have to write a recipe, um, which was, so you're sort of writing very loose, modifiable recipes, but then it's like people aren't going shopping very often, so you need to start planning out your meals, you know, a week and change in advance. So it's um, Every time pretty time-consuming. We do a recipe. He has posted the recipe. He's written the recipe, posted it, put out the ingredients. I was uploading things to IGTV, but the truth is you can just watch them on my Facebook, and I, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. It's not so much about combating bored. I'm not bored because I know I have so many things that I have to do. You know, and we're still taking meetings from other projects and we're still trying to sell shows in new formats given the circumstances. I think if you're saying you're bored, then it's a little, it's kind of a stupid person thing to say. All, like I went on TikTok, which I erased this morning because I, I think it's a stupid app. And it really is for just young people and stupid people. One of the two. Um, and people that are like, you know, I'm, I'm so bored. I'm making this boring TikTok. Pick up a fucking book. Go on a website, read something. You don't have to be productive all the time, but like to be bored when there's so much information out there, this is why, this is why America's losing. Also, we were all bored before we were quarantined. Yeah. You would get all your work done, you do all this stuff and you stroll through Netflix and you get bored and you, it was the same thing. Yeah. I, that being said, went through a TikTok hole last night. I had taken a quarter of an Ambien. I was like, I'm just going to lay here. And I have a rule for myself where I don't engage in social media if I'm on Ambien. Like, I don't write anything or I don't go. I try uh, not to leave the bed. That's my rule for you. It's your rule now. Uh, but I got into, like, a TikTok hole, you know. And after, like, the 500th video of, like, nope, yup. You know, like, are we hot lesbians? Yup. Do we care? Nope. Am I mixed Dominican with light eyes? Yup. Like, it's insane. Uh, a video came up on TikTok of a guy going like, hey, TikTok user, we know you love the videos, but they'll still be here tomorrow. So put the phone down and go to bed. And I was like, oh no, the algorithm knows me. And you went, nope. Nope. <laughs> yup. I'm bored in the house. I don't mean the house bored. Miss Dot Lau Boynton. Boynton. You guys are the best. And you've kept me sane these past weeks. My husband and I, we already had a courthouse civil wedding or having our destination wedding in Southern Italy at the beginning of June. And I'm starting to have a low key meltdown of whether we should postpone it. But that would also entail moving lots of plane tickets and canceling lodging plans for the honeymoon afterward. It was already going to be really small affair with, with a few friends. We're just trying to be positive. What would you do in this situation? Eliza, any wisdom to share? Thank you for all the laughs and everything. Um, uh, I'd probably move it. <laughs> I would probably move it. Yeah. I just uh, would. Because even if... To although... God. Sorry. I would say try to get it moved now with full refund. And if they're like, well, we're still feeling it out, then wait because I'll probably be forced to later. Yeah. Uh, you also, you know, just because people say you can go, it doesn't mean the people of those towns will be back. Doesn't mean that... Uh, it's going to be the Italy that you thought it was going to be. Italy already loves an excuse to shut down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the country already shuts down for like multiple hours during the day anyway. Uh, try to, you're going to lose even more money in the long run. So mitigate your loss by being in control of the planning now. Yeah. I mean, we had to make that call when we canceled Denver. It was like days before this became a thing and I was like, just do it. It's the right thing. I'm glad because... 
we canceled part of our honeymoon. We were already there. Yeah, we left. Uh, yeah, Italy can be a little trying, but uh, I was also exhausted, which is information you would hear in my new hour if I were allowed to perform it anywhere and leave my home. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time, no additional charge, and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Emma underscore Marie 9715. At what point in your relationship with Smokey Husky did you move in together? I know it's situational, but when do you think it's right? Also, love all of you, and I hope you're staying safe. Love from the Beast Coast. You can answer that. Um, It's like one of those, like, when people ask me for recipe, like, how long does it, does it cook for? And it's like, if I tell you a number, then you'll think that it's a rule or something, and that's not how life works. Um, but for a reference point for us, I actually don't know how long it was till we like officially moved in, but I kind of I kind of moved right in. <laughs> he moved right in. I mean, I still I, paid rent and had a place to live where I went I, while she was out of town. Yeah, I had a two bedroom house to myself, and he came from a house with roommates. And it's like, where would you rather have sex? Well, so we were just hanging out all the time. We we're hanging out all the time. I never spent the night at your house, though. No, I don't. So I don't know if you've ever even been there. I've been there. Did you ever go inside? Yes. Okay. One time for a party. That's true. One time for a they party. Were playing beer pong, and I was like, "This is why I'm not here." <laughs> okay. The Liz Saunders, the Smoky Husky, find himself being critical of restaurants when you go out to eat. How's the food? How the food prepared, served, taste? How the clean the restaurant looks? Uh, the- yeah, we're, we're. I mean, we're both critical. I just think I think I'm as critical. Everyone else is as critical as you are. We're just sort of sometimes focus on different things. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm, I think, a little more lenient about some things that other people are are 
get more stressed about, and then certain stuff will annoy me that people don't care about. So it's it's kind of yeah, like it's just we went, different stuff. We decided to patronize a local place and pick up coffee the other day while picking up some other things, and we you order it to go. <clears throat> on an app and I arrived and they had just finished our coffees without us being there and they were in plastic, which fine, I get it, but placed them outside. So they were just sitting in the sun when we got there and I almost had a meltdown. It's just like people forget details or the fact that that's not a good idea or like if you, and we had iced coffee. And so it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, oh, you're just a rich girl and your coffee, big deal. People forget when you pay for something, you're expecting something. And I'm choosing to patronize your restaurant in a time of stress. Don't act like my dollar doesn't matter and just stick my coffee outside because you're a fucking moron. I just, it was like the first time we had gone out for coffee in a while. And some girl was like, I don't know, here. And you're just like, okay, cool. Glad, glad I'm contributing to this. I don't care. And I, that didn't bother me at all. I didn't care. But it made Eliza crazy. So, you know, again, different things. I think also as a diner, here's the thing. You are choosing to vote with your dollar. Like I don't have to eat there. I don't expect white glove service, but one of our pet peeves is like when food takes forever, all you have to do as a waiter is come up to the table and say, Hey, you guys, the kitchen is slammed. We are so sorry. We're working on it. Don't lie to me. Don't make me feel like the asshole. Excuse me. Um, we ordered 45 minutes ago. Oh yeah, it's coming up. And then it doesn't. All you have to do is be honest with your customers and just don't treat us like idiots for coming in. That's fair, right? Yeah, I, I'm always a believer in that. People uh, are much more receptive to the truth and to this like weird like feeling. People have this weird idea sometimes that like by trying to hide things from the customers, be like, oh, it's just gonna be another minute longer. Like as if you just got you guys are just morons, so it takes 45 minutes to cook something versus like if you were like, I'm so sorry, like we dropped it and we had to make it over again. I'd be You'd be like, like okay, oh cool. man, that sucks, but thanks for telling me. I've been a waiter. I totally get it. One of my biggest pet peeves is young girls thinking that they're slick. I remember I went one time, this is probably in my very early 30s, to like some store on Larchmont and I bought, I was like buying new clothes and I bought a ton of clothes. And I made a joke at the end because I bought more than the average customer buys there. And I made a joke at the end. I was like, oh, can I get a discount? Because I purchased so much. And this like, 20-year-old girl who thought she was so hot. She goes, tell you what, next time you come in, we'll give you that discount. And I was like, oh, is that your sales guide 101? Like, try to incentivize me to come back. I'm like, who does that work on? Also, I've been that young girl. So when like a 22-year-old is like, here, here's my idea. You're like, nice try. I'm not that old. I could have birthed you had I had no choices. You're not slick. I'm too young for you to be slick. Yeah, on those lines, like I hate when like, you can tell that there's like a server who is, like trying to like trick you somehow or trying to like get one over on you be like, oh, well, like when they're getting a little too showmany and I'm like, there's, you're too many steps removed from reality. Like you think that you're like playing me in some way versus having a real, I I believe in genuine human to human interactions. Just be a person. Also, uh, when it comes to retail, which we all know is the worst job, I've definitely had a retail retail job. It can be soul-sucking, that being said. A lot of you write in saying how much you love your retail job, so that's great to each their own. Um, I find, and I only ever worked at Steve Madden on a commission basis, I sometimes when I'm shopping, I look for blatant honesty in a sales girl helping me. Like, I'll try something on that I know looks bad, and I want her to be like, that's maybe not the best fit for you versus, yeah, that looks fucking dope. If you just yes and me and I know it looks bad, then I know you're just going for the sale and you're not trying to help me. If I get, if you are trying to help me and you're like, yeah, let's get you something else, then I know you're actually trying to help me find something versus just upselling me. Or when you ask the waiter, what's great on the menu? And they're like, well, the Kobe beef lobster. And you're like, okay, got it. You're an asshole. Yeah. Whereas like if a server directs you towards something less expensive, then you're like, this is actually, I like this more. And they explain why, like, that's an amazing thing. Um, Semi-related is like, I remember when I was younger, I was always like a little embarrassed to uh, mention price point when I asked about what kind of wine I wanted. Like it felt tacky mm. to be like, you know, what do you have on the, you know, under $40 under a bottle? Under um, $3. What do you have in the hooch section? <laughs> but like I always felt like embarrassed about that. And then I like I've – once you work in the industry and all this stuff, you start to realize like, wait, that's stupid. This is part of the job. They wouldn't be on the menu if they didn't weren't willing to sell them. Also, they're still a waiter. Yeah. Like, and you could be a waiter just at to dinner. I remember there was an absolutely fabulous episode where they went in shopping and the woman who was working there was so rude. And Adina just went like, you only work here, you know. 
And it's like, yeah, you're representing the brand and I'm pretty sure your boss doesn't want you to be a fucking asshole <laughs> to the people who come in. And also you can be rich and still think it's dumb to spend a certain amount of money on a bottle of wine if you don't want to. And That's like, how you stay rich, by the way, not by yeah. spending money. So I, I am a big believer in people being uh, confident in asking what they want and say, hey, what's your favorite bottle of wine that's in this price range, like under $40, I like this type of wine. That kind of stuff is uh, good to do. The initial question was about talking about uh, being critical of restaurants. And I think we've talked about it here, but tell me your thing, because I was it blew my mind to learn this, about the ratings on restaurants. Like a, the ratings? The oh. ABC stuff. Oh, I mean, uh, this is a sort of slightly more complicated conversation, but uh, it is, um, there are so many rules um, in terms of restaurant health and safety, and there's a ton of gray area. So for the most part, uh, it really kind of depends on who your health inspector is and what stuff they focus on. We can have the same restaurant with a different health inspector every time and doing the exact same things and get totally different ratings. Some things they care about, some things they don't. Um, so, you know, hopefully you get somebody who actually cares about the business and is smart about stuff. And usually if you find a good one, they're really trying to work with you to make sure that you're following up on the right things and responding to stuff and paying attention. Um, that being said, if you get a C, you're probably not paying attention very There's much. There's a Russian bakery in Hollywood that has a C rating. I mean, you can't like, have one for very long. It either has to go up from there bakery. or you get closed. Like there's no meat. I guess there's eggs. Maybe there's meat in there. So even you, you have no idea what the things. I don't know what's going for. on, but just, it could be you know, know it's where your trash is stored. Stolichnaya Bakery doesn't look like a fun hang. You know, if the if your water heater is not hot enough for your yeah. uh, washing your hands in the sink. Yeah, like, it's not always a gross thing. It's not always like you're killing live animals in your uh, sink. Not being able to wash your hands is pretty gross. Well, I think it's more like. Remember that that sushi place we went into where they had a fish tank? Which, first of all, don't have a fish tank. Like, I'm not eating a goldfish. So don't have, like, a small, like, household. Oh, they had a residential. whole tuna in it. No. It would, do you remember? It's that, okay, it's this, I'm not going to say where it is. It's the fish, and they had a fish tank, and it was, like, dirty and old, and there were no fish in it, but, like, they had, like, a rubber hose coming out of it. Like, at a fish restaurant, don't have a fish tank that's dirty with algae and being cleaned. Well, it's like we also laugh about like the associative stuff people have with restaurants where like you're sitting, you know, on the beach with an ocean view eating seafood, but really you're probably eating like Alaskan crab and you're like, you know, you told me at that and it blew my mind. You're like most places that serve food on the beach or beachfront, that, that fish is not from that ocean. And also one of the crazy things too is how much stuff is caught in the U.S., uh, processed in China and then shipped back to the U.S. So it's like it's just around the world. And would you say it was like ninety percent of squid or something? It's I forget. I, I I'm not going to quote a stat. I don't remember. Anyways, it is very difficult to eat local. And when you eat at a beachside restaurant, you're paying for the view, not necessarily for fresh fish, unless you live in like Maine or something. Yeah, it's not like you go to a steakhouse. It's just like in front of a giant pasture. That would be so brutal. He's like, why'd they stop moving? Stateless three. Hey, Eliza, sending some lighthearted, thought-provoking questions. Oh, good. Your way in this time of quarantine. So whenever I meet new people. This better be lighthearted and thought-provoking. She wrote personal or professional setting. Thank you. I have a few questions I always like to get to know them. I have this theory that the way you prefer your eggs and coffee tells a lot about who you are as a person. I find there's a tendency for people. I mean, you must be polling nonstop. But for people that like more runny yolks in their eggs, sunny side up, over easy poached, are more likely to be easygoing willing to try new things, step outside of their comfort zone versus scrambled or over hard people tend to stick to a routine. As for coffee, those who like it black, like dry red wine or dark chocolate are also applicable, are better at dealing with confrontational and stressful times because they've learned to appreciate the bitterness in their coffee. This feels very biblical. Uh, do you have any similar theories to get to, and forget to know you questions? Do these apply to you and Smokey Husky? You have an amazing, you've been amazing on every platform. Thank you so much. Uh, well, I mean, the big one for... By the way, anytime you say I have a theory, it just sets it up for anyone to be like, here's why I disagree. Uh, well, the big one, I mean, obviously for, you know, human judgment, especially if you've worked in, in service industry like that, is people tipping. Like if people who don't tip, like, or tip really horribly, that's usually, a, that's more an indication of a type of person to me than how they drink their coffee. Um, but uh, I, to me, actually, I think it's, you know, sometimes somebody might drink black coffee that they think it makes them seem tougher or cooler, yeah. but really they don't like it that way, but they're doing it because I think it's more it's important to taste. order the way that you're confident in 
Um, you know, like if you really like your steak medium, but you feel like you're going to get judged for it, mm. you order it medium rare, then you're not tougher. You're just- uh, You're afraid of what people think of you. Yeah. Um, uh, black coffee, it, there's, it's very poetic, right? Black coffee, a whiskey, a cigarette. It's mm-hmm. always coffee and cigarettes. Very French. Or for intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, which we do. Um, I, to be honest, I take it however. Sometimes I love a sugary drink. I haven't started enjoying black coffee more recently. The eggs, I kind of don't care. And I always think it's such a weird, like it's still for the most part going to taste the same. You're going to put hot sauce and salt on it, maybe ketchup if you're a garbage person. So who cares? Also different things go with different things. Depends on what you're having it with. I do believe in social indicators. You know, certain things indicating, and it's not, it doesn't make you a bad person or not, certain levels of education. Um, I do immediately lose respect for people when they are uh, correcting me, but they don't speak properly. Um, that bothers me. Punctuation. I know the internet gets mad about like your, your, and your, and there, there, and there, but those things do matter. And of course you can mess up, but it's not about good versus bad. It's in everything that you do and the way that you act and everything, you're always telling people about yourself. And I don't think it's a bad thing to gather that information to make a correct assessment. Love to be proven wrong. And a discovery too, in the restaurant business we've found is like a lot of times, um, something like how well your steak is cooked um, isn't necessarily having to do with whether you have good or bad taste. It actually, in, in my kind of anecdotal findings, um, or really in, in discussion with people across the board, um, it usually is more socioeconomic than anything yeah. else. People who um, are prefer the taste of well-done meat, um, uh, in a large percentage of the time, it has to do with um, when they were growing up, they weren't didn't have access to high enough quality meat that you would have eaten it rare. It's so good. it's more cooked through. So like, you know, if you're eating McDonald's, they don't ask you how you want your burger cooked. Right. So you've never had rare beef before. Or it's like, you know, if you eat at like a Golden Corral, I'm not putting that down. Or, you know, it like- It has gold in the title, so it sounds expensive. <laughs> like a Ruby Tuesday or something. You notice they're always doing specials for like Asiago steak. They're putting sauces and dressings and things on the meat so that you can't tell that it's a lesser cut quality. And that's okay. You should, this is A good rule of thumb is the better the ingredients, the less things you have to do to them. Papa John's. It's true. Like a real- Better ingredient. You said better ingredients. Everybody in America thought that. Uh, I do believe in social indicators. Better than I, what? I also think uh, I judge people on the way that they treat waitstaff. I judge people. I think there's a quote about this on the way that they treat people who can do nothing for them. You know, are you rude to uh, the guy that is taking your money at the gas station? Are you rude to a waiter? Do you do or do you relish the opportunity to make someone feel less than when they're waiting on you? That says a lot about a person. Well, same thing too when someone's like, well, I was only an asshole to that person because, you know, I had a lot going on that day. And, you know, or it's like, I had a lot happening to me. So it was a stressful situation. So- uh, I mean, that, you're allowed. Like, yeah, but to me, that's the better indication of what you're really like is- Under pressure? Is what you're like when when things are, are tougher. Here's the problem with that though. Um, we're all only human and everybody's a breaking point. Uh, I really believe I seldom throw the first punch, but I think people are, are, I think the less aware you are, I think it's a luxury to be unaware of how you're acting. And I think a lot of people know that they're assholes, but they're like, whatever, I'm successful. I can do this. Uh, and so you'll, you know, you go up to someone to buy something, interact, and they're rude. I'm very sensitive. So if I throw it right back, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what's her problem? And I'm like, you started it. Stay awake. Stay on it. And I know I'm like keeping tabs on things that don't matter, but all we have to do is smile, be kind. And yeah, you know what? You don't have to, okay, smile makes it like, oh, make her smile. But all you have to do is just a modicum of decency toward the other human. Even if you hate where you are. I've had nights that I'm not happy on stage. I don't come out and tell the audience to get fucked. I still do my job. Yeah. And by the way, it's it's a lovely job because I worked hard at that lovely job. You don't like your job? Get out of it. Go back to school. Read a book. Never tell a woman to smile, but uh, I will be walking down the street sometimes, like now with this corona stuff happening, and you're walking your dog and you see someone cross, going, it can be a man or a woman. And if that guy walks by and you're in your neighborhood and you kind of smile and nod and they just like don't smile back and you keep their head down and be weird, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck that guy. People are just so, it does. It's like, it's not oh, a so man, we're not woman being, thing. Not being humans. Daphneard underscore loves, highlights smoky skin, Tianfu, the Chinese meat. Love the pod and all of your work. I'll see you in October when you come to Portland. Fingers crossed. And especially what you've been doing with your cooking video. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. My question is, should I move out? I got out of a nasty breakup a year ago when I was living with my ex where he lied and cheated on me under the qualms of having an open relationship when in reality he wanted to be with someone else and I didn't have the courage to break up with me. 
Since we are graduate students and finding good roommates is difficult, in a college town, we decided we would finish out our lease and then separate onto different sides of the house. It's five-bedroom, three-bath house, especially since the rent is so cheap. Great location. And the landlord is a personal friend. Last-minute spin that my ex threw in right before we signed the lease is that the girl he was cheating on me with was going to live there as well. Puke. We have coexisted peacefully with only a few minor roommate-related quips over the past month. I'm very much over the breakup and have my own hunky cowboy now that I'm seeing who is aware, this is very long, and fine with my living situation. The problem is my friends think that I need to be removed because it's toxic. I'm planning on staying there through another year, seeing as though there haven't been any major problems and my ex and his girlfriend, along with my other roommates, are fine. I'm over him. Don't regret dumping him for a second. I'm just trying to finish my PhD. Uh, and I don't want to have to deal with living with a bunch of strangers. Uh, uh, honestly, I'd rather live with strangers than my ex and their lover. Yeah, it's a little weird. But you have a new boyfriend, so hopefully you can spend some nights at his house. But the truth is, you are there to get your PhD. And if you can honestly talk me in the face and say that you don't care about, I mean, obviously that relationship would run its course. If it truly doesn't bother you, we all have had breakups where you're like, yeah, it's fine. Like it wasn't the love of your life. If it really doesn't bother you, then your friends need to let it go. Or are you exhibiting behavior that makes your friends think that you're not over it? And why are you writing in about it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's weird. It's I don't weird. care how over it you are. It's still weird. You should move out. Unless you really like can't afford to. Yeah. And you've made your peace with it. I mean, maybe. Yeah, you- there's something weird if you're really that worried about like having new roommates and meeting new people and you'd rather hang out with your ex-boyfriend and her and the person he cheated I mean, on you with. Right. The cheating thing sucks. Maybe they only dated for a little bit. I mean, they I. They lived together. Right, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, there's something weird there. Maybe the relationship had run its course and you were both just waiting for, you were just afraid to break up with him. Yeah, so move out. But also, if you can't, your friend should be sympathetic to the fact that you're in school, you probably don't have a lot of money. Whatever your decision is, if you're not being weird about it, your friend should get over it, unless you're complaining about it. I've had those friends that are in like bad relationships and they just complain endlessly. And you're like, if you don't just break up with them, I don't want to hear about it. So I don't know. We don't know the other side of that. But your hot cowboy boyfriend sounds great. There's no way you're going to move out and be like, oh my God, I just wish I still lived with my ex-boyfriend and her lover. Can you move in with your hot cowboy boyfriend? He's a cowboy. He's got a ranch. He's got animals. Doesn't he sound hot, Smokey? Sounds so hot? Smokey? He's a cowboy? He's a hot cowboy? Okay. Smokey man? When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. 
And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Damon Giardo. First, Don't Panic Pantry is awesome. Hopefully it can continue. I don't think there's any cooking shows with comedy. Thank you. Networks, listen up. You guys crush both. Second, got any advice for my sanity for people such as myself working in healthcare and hospitals on the edge of a possible long run of endless nights? I can't wait to do a pasta fagioli when I can cook for myself and not live off jerky and hard-boiled eggs. So you want to know... If we have advice for people who are, uh, I mean... Doing jobs we could never do... Yeah. I'm like, just have fun with it. <laughs> it's it kind of trivializes. Don't wash your hands one day. See what happens. Yeah. It kind of trivializes it when people who do less try to give people who do more advice. So first of all, thank you for being a healthcare worker. Uh, just in terms of talking about my quote at the beginning of this, like looking forward to little things. Can you start every shift with a fun coffee drink? <laughs> can you do something to take your mind off? Like if you have a 15 minute break, is there funny videos you can watch? Can you do, I hate to say it, like a TikTok dance with your coworkers? Like, I think it's more about breaking up the monotony and having a good laugh. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would think about it, I mean, from a standpoint mostly of like stress and sleep deprivation stuff. So, you know, I know my dad's advice would be that uh, an extra 20 minutes of meditating every morning is more important than 20 minutes of sleep. Um, what if it starts my- off as meditation and then becomes sleep? <laughs> Like I do. Um, maybe there's, you know, I don't know. If, and I feel like an idiot even giving this advice, but like, are there patients you can go talk to? I bet the patients are bored too. The ones that aren't like intubated and sleeping. Could you play a game with one of them or look at pictures of animals? Like, is there a way that you can bring joy to them while they also fill up your emotional well? You know, or are you not allowed to interact with them? Can you bake cookies and bring them in? You probably don't want to. Can you pull your money together and do like a betting system on something? Like which nurse is going to crack first and then the winner buys pizza? I'm trying to think of things that bring people together. I mean, I think you don't want to bring people together. Isn't that part of the whole problem? I'm, you know I meant emotionally. Mm. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. I wish we had better. Uh, what I wouldn't get involved in is a scrolling hole. Like watch a video. Don't look at videos so much that the app tells you to stop looking at the videos. Chrissy.Elda. Hi, at Galutin. Any advice? I can get over my cooking anxiety. I can cook a few meals, but I'm afraid of trying complicated recipes. I want to be more comfortable in the kitchen, but I hate cooking unless it's breakfast food or dessert. Uh, I mean, the same advice I always give is just do it. It gets easier every time. Um, It's okay if you screw it up. It doesn't matter. Just uh, find something that, you know, you actually want to be able to eat that you don't know how to make. Read the recipe in advance. Read through it, try to visualize it, make sure you have everything set up for it, and then make it. And when it's done, try it. And if you hate it, then try it again. And it'll not try the same when you hate it again, but try to make the same dish again, and you'll get better at it, and you'll learn how to make the food that you like to eat. That's all that matters, is that you can make food that you like. And if you have bad taste, then it doesn't matter, because it's just for you. Also, if it sucks, put hot sauce on it, and, and it's fine. You can still eat it. Gloria.Isabel.G. Smokey Husky, any advice on reducing food waste while cooking at home? I've been reading about using food scraps and bones to make my broth and such, but I'm interested to know your thoughts, tips that you may have. Yeah, I'm a big fan and believer in uh, in saving your stuff and finding ways to use it. Obviously, it depends on- Saving your what? uh, Scraps and all kinds of stuff. Did you say saving your stub? Your stub? You said I'm a big fan believer in saving your stub. Uh, I don't think so, but it's possible. Yes, there. Um, it really kind of depends on what it is, but uh, you know, you can make. Uh, you know, if you have like the stems from your broccoli, those can be fried up into a frittata. If you have your scraps and bones, you can make stock with that stuff. Yeah, uh, only in America are we taught that like parts of vegetables are bad. Why do you think rice cauliflower became so popular? Because all they're doing is selling you the florets in a bag and then selling you back the stems all run through a chopper. I love it. Um, Save the planet. So, uh, yeah, you know, you try to, you know, be thoughtful about the ways you want to do it. You roast the chicken, then you eat the meat, then you 
can freeze the bones or make stock and then freeze the stock. Um, carrot tops can be made into a pesto. Mm, uh, yeah, that's green, an interesting one. Yeah, beet greens are delicious. Um, you know, but sometimes two people just sort of try to save every single scrap and it's like you just make like a really gross vegetable stock with like carrot peels and, and yeah. like, you know. Unless you're composting, you can't save every scrap. Sarah Von Paul, what are some of your favorite earth-friendly household products, cleaners, detergents? I'm always trying to be more earth-friendly. P.S. Upgraded to a Buffy, a Buffy comforter at Christmas, and my husband and I love it. Thank you. You can use my promo code Eliza. I think it's to get 20% off, 10% off your Buffy comforter. I love it. We have a Buffy comforter, babe. I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. We sleep on it every night, and that's why you love sleeping in the bed. Not Uh, because I'm there. It's a tasty comforter, and it's so comfortable, and it keeps you cool. Because I know that sometimes, you know, I'm a girl, so I'm cold, and you're dude, and you get hot. But you notice our bed's always temperature perfect. You put me in an advertisement. You're stuck here now. You got to say it. Help. You want that new Maserati? We do not have Maseratis. Um, we use this detergent if called- you want 20% off a of Maserati, use promo code ELIZA. There you, you go. Check out. I think our detergent's called like True Life. It's detergent that comes in strips. While I don't love that it comes in this paper package, we don't waste any plastic. It doesn't come, you know, it's these tiny little strips that you use. Yeah, we try to use um, uh, dishwasher soap that's like the granules of soap in a cardboard box versus Mm -hmm. like a plastic one. Like old school, like Cascade. Yeah. Um, We also don't use paper towels in our home. We stopped years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, We just use rags. It's totally fine. Napkins, I find that you get multiple uses out of them. Yeah, and you know, some stuff, you know, sometimes... Using bar soap to wash dishes is really kind of handy. It doesn't work that well. So if you really want to use a liquid soap, buy like a large container of a super concentrated one that you can then dilute out and and do that way. Uh, And we use bar soap in the shower. Mm -hmm. So, And when you buy your bar soaps, it always bothers me when someone's like, these are natural soaps, farm made, but they wrap them in plastic. I'm like, this defeats a big chunk of the purpose. You're just like slowly being pulled back into the stuff that I was using when you first met me that you thought was gross. What we're starting to go back to is like pre-war or like just post-war things. Like my mom's like, everything I had was wrapped in parchment paper with string when I was a kid. And like now that's the way everything is. It's bespoke. Headed, it's bespoke. We're heading back, baby. Ali, Alexis, a uh, boring. What would you and Smokey Husky consider to be the most important thing about your marriage? I know that sounds rather vague, but it could really be anything big or small. I know it's different for everyone. I hope it's a good question. Also, what do you appreciate most about the other person? It's a sweet question. A little invasive, but that's fine. Yeah. Most important thing about your marriage? I think we both think two different, I think we different things are important. Uh, yeah, but we both think the other person's important. Yeah. We both we think both, I'm important. <laughs> yeah, we both bond over, over your importance. I really, sometimes when I get questions on this show, it's like, I had this thing, I don't know how to tell my husband. I'm not used to being in a relationship where I don't feel I can, I, I would never be in a relationship where I felt I couldn't say something to the person. And from the very beginning, you've been very good at making it very clear that we have, open line of communication. You, I've never said something to you other than like once in a while, I don't like something and you like taste wise and you have like an aneurysm, but I've never felt that I couldn't tell you anything. And that's important. I don't feel trapped. I don't feel anxious. I can share stuff with you, stuff that sometimes you probably don't even want to hear. Um, even if it's about like an ex-boyfriend or something. And it's never like, oh my God, I love that ex-boyfriend. I wish he was here. Uh, it's always, you know, just stuff, like just things that are passing through my mind, but that are sticking with me for some reason. And you never judge me. You never get mad at me for my thoughts. And that's important to me. Yeah. Now you say something nice about me. Um, I on. sort of a little bit of what we were talking about before. Um, I think Also, you're very funny. We're sort of very good at, um, or I don't know, we seem to be pretty good at, uh, it's kind of like, like air pressure and clouds and stuff where it's like when- one side gets like a little puffed up about something. The other side kind of can come in and, and and round it out. So we can almost sometimes like take turns <laughs> being upset about stuff. And the other person can then be yeah. there to kind of calm it down. Yeah, the idea is and, not to be on the same page. It's to be on different levels. That way when one's sad, the other one can be happy and yeah. bring it back. And, you know, especially like with the quarantine stuff and you get, you know, stressed about, you know, work stuff and restaurant business stuff. There's so many like intense sort of things happening right now. That you know, there's, I you know can have a tendency to get um, very aggravated by little things, and maybe I'll kind of be in a funky mood and snip back about something. And they're really small things in the moment. Yeah. And she's uh, uh, you, her, Eliza is very good, um, and has been especially lately about like uh, 
like dropping it and not caring and knowing that it's not a big deal and knowing that like holding on to things like that. Which is crazy because I am very petty. And I mean, I almost killed the girl that put our coffees in the sun the other day. So I just think also saying sorry or hey, my, you know. Because I don't care about your relationship with that girl. <laughs> I don't. But I also think saying sorry, sometimes when you don't even mean it, more to just clear the air. Just go up and give them a kiss. Men are very good at letting it go. If you're like, hey, I'm sorry. And then they're like, I'm sorry. You're really better at letting things go than I am. Well, you know what it is also? I, I, I think relationships can be lame. Um, and I say that in one, I say that as a girl who's often been in one, and I say that as someone that's been single, I just, I don't like typical relationship arguments. It's not sexy. It's not fun. I like to think that I live uh, an exciting life and we do whatever we want. And we, you know, I, I want to be this like idealized version of our jet setters and jet setters and cool people, uh, don't have bullshit arguments and it's unavoidable. Yeah, they definitely do, but. I mean, but but they don't show it on their Instagrams. It's unavoidable, but I just don't, you know, we're pretty lucky. I like your parents, you like mine. I just don't want to have the typical arguments. So if we can avoid them and focus on more important things, like our biggest argument is always about where to eat. Now that problem's been solved for us, but that's the thing we argue about the most. Um, and it's just, and it also doesn't matter. It, it, these aren't core issues. Like you cheated on me. This is like, you said you wanted pizza. You changed your mind. Okay, well, I'm trying to accommodate you and get you pizza. It all stems back to just want to make the other person happy. And a very sweet memory I have. Because even if you date someone for a while, like you don't really know them. It takes a while to see how do they function under pressure? What are they like when they're actually sad? We went to Japan. It was our first trip together. And you have a tendency to kind of get sad. You got, There's like a heaviness to you. And you know, you kind of... Not depression, but maybe there's something in that wheelhouse. Like I turn inward and she tends to turn out. I turn outward. I'm a total empath. I need other people. I'm affected by other people. And you kind of just get quiet. And you were sad. We both agree it's my fault. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and you just kind of get heavy. And I didn't realize this about you. And I was like, why is this guy always like a little sad? And we were in, and we had had like an argument or something. And I realized that you reminded me of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. I think we've told this story. I think we have too, but I think it's so cute. And when you were, you were so sad about something and I didn't understand it because I, I blow up quickly and then I'm over it. I don't hold on to things for like, I don't have any depression or anything. And I tapped you on the shoulder and I said, excuse me, is this your tail? Can I pin your tail back on? Sometimes he's just a sad Eeyore and he needs his tail pinned back on. Yeah. Get ready for fans to bring me dolls of Eeyore. Please, I'm going to bring home. Please don't. It's Mokieski's tail. No, send salami instead. Send salami. Toru Bagdasarian. I'm glad we said their name. Toru Bagdasarian. I've sent this email a million times. It might start to be annoying, but I really need the help of a professional, inspiring comic like you. I just like to start this message by fangirling a bit. I really love you. Sketch show, Netflix, it's out. I'm a theater student, and next year I will have the chance to create a graduation project as one last, you wrote hooray, but you meant hurrah. Before graduating, I'm thinking of doing an hour-long stand-up show. So here's my question. First of all, before you ask the question, uh, True's Bagazarian, an hour-long stand-up, you can't create it. You'd have to polish it. Otherwise, you're just doing a one-man show. You should start with You should know the difference. Yeah, start with three minutes. I'm a funny person. I'm sorry, you said, uh, I'm thinking of doing an hour, so here's my question. What do you usually get to do, do to get inspired? Where do you bits and jokes come from? I'm a funny person. You could also say that I'm the class clown, so I make people laugh all the time. I feel like I just did something good. Sounds like, okay. How do I do that for one hour straight? I'll take this one. I thought I'd ask someone uh, as creative and as amazing as you are. You have the answers. My favorite bit is the Shark Tank sisters and the different girls at the wedding. Take care. You guys wash your hands. Oh, let me handle this one, baby. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> start doing stand-up and then see yeah. if you can have it work for three minutes. The problem is, you. Uh, I don't know your name, so Toro. We'll call you Toro's Bagdasarian. Um, everybody thinks that they can just do stand-up. Everybody. Um, and it is a craft. You know, that would be like me being like, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. Like, while it's not an art form, there is repetition and seems practice easier. and a lot of breathing. Definitely seems easier. You cannot do, you can do it, it without knowing where people laugh and what your own voice sounds like in your point of view. An hour is such an ambitious order. I'm here to tell you right now, you're not going to be able to do it. If you frame it in the context of a one-man show, which is what I did in college, just because I was just, it was my first foray into it. Um, then you have a bit more leeway because those are monologues and not everything has to be funny. 
what is it? Here's my questions to you. What is it that you want to say? Um, how do you want to say it? Why do you want to say it? You can't do an hour of stand-up unless you're practicing. You'd have to practice it for a very long time. And if you have the time to practice it, great. Um, but to create it just for school, <clears throat> if there's two things that go together, it's academia, that don't go together, it's academia and stand-up. I always see people that use my specials. Like, I'm teaching something with my class using your special. I'm not, it's not set up for that. You're not arming children with, I mean, there's some stuff in there, but anything smart in my specials because I learned it. From school, I didn't make you it up. a class on the dangers of confidence in women? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, in terms of what inspires me, it doesn't matter because it's all about what inspires you, what makes you laugh. And it takes over 10 years to find that point of view. And there's also a skill in even thinking about what are my inspirations. People always want these answers like, oh, I watched Carol Burnett. I watched so-and-so growing up. It's so much... There's so many, it's so much more multifaceted than that. My inspirations, these are the, these are the noises, the droplets, the sounds, the tones that have permeated your brain over a lifetime. It's that one substitute teacher from the fourth grade. It's the lady that worked at the Michael's craft store in your town. It's that one exchange you had on stage at a performing arts camp. It's that infomercial about crown pools in Dallas, Texas in 1993 that you can't get out of your head. It's all of these little things that inform the way that you see the world. And no one has a point of view like yours and no one's gonna have to say the same thing as you, but it takes a very long time. So I suggest- Rather than call it stand-up, call it a one-man show. That way, people are a little bit kinder to you and you don't have the pressure of hitting a punchline every couple seconds. And people assume that one-man show is going to be boring. Oh, it's going to be awful. Wear your black turtleneck, come out to a sparse stage, and start with, what a town! <laughs> oh, I uh, when I was in college, I had a friend who's an actor who wanted to do a one a one man show. So I uh, wrote him one, <laughs> and we wrote like a really it was like a kind of a like very strange, dramatic, weird one man show. And we did it. Uh, the first show he did was for like an audience in Orange County, and the play ended, and no one knew how to react. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, it was dark and weird. He yelled at a baby, uh, an imaginary baby, for about 20 minutes in that show. Good performance art really gets you. It doesn't have to be explained. You know, and then there's everything yeah. else. It didn't have to be explained. They just they just knew it was weird. When I went to, I was in camp, I went to a performing arts camp called French Woods. And I remember I was in a play called Philip Glass Buys a Loaf of Bread. And it was one of those where there's like five of us on stage and we're each moving in sync. And then your synchronicity gets off and you're all moving in different directions on the stage. And... Uh, it was about Philip Glass, the composer, but then there was like, it was, it was just the weirdest thing, but, and it was called Philip Glass buys a loaf of bread. So it's not exactly the type of material my type of audience listens to, but I was in it. War Bison. With your differences in profession, do you, or how do you pretend to care what each other has to say at the end of the day? What's the pre-bed routine? Um, I think a big part of marriage is trying to listen. Sometimes you'll talk about food and it's so granular that I, food is always fun to talk about. That's why so many people are self-proclaimed chefs and make at-home food and everybody says they're at a foodie. At-home food. At-home food. You just said make food. I don't know why I said that. Well, versus a restaurant. Sometimes you say stuff and it's so, I think about how dorky it is because it's so inside baseball. Or you'll tell me about like a taco place that opened and in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't really care, but I care enough about you that I'm going to react to it. Or not. Or not react to it? Yeah. Yeah, there are plenty of times I don't react. Okay, I'm acting like you don't know that. <laughs> um, In my head, I'm like, wow, I'm really passing off as some, I'm passing as someone who's totally listening, but he knows. Yeah, and also, it's okay to not have things that you talk about with each other because other person will find it boring. I mean, the amount of times that I will rant about some minute comedy thing and I'll start arguing both sides, <laughs> Noah will just be like, who are you arguing with right now? What's happening? Go, now what does he say? And, and then what like, does she say? And then he says, well, it wasn't my stage time. And he's like, well, what does she say? I'm like, well, then she would say, quit bothering me about it. Yeah, the toughest part about quarantine is actually that like, I have to hear the same rant to everyone <laughs> on the phone and then me twice when you think about it again because there's no one else for you to say it to and then we're all within earshot all the time. Just being so, married to a woman is you listening to your wife tell the story to her best friend, her mom, a couple of other relatives over FaceTime. Thank God for headphones. 
I, but for the most part, I care because look, if it's about him, then it affects me. Whether it's about something financial or a restaurant or a recipe he's trying, or it'll be just about a chef I've never heard about, but you know, you try to derive something or just say, uh-huh. You know, just sometimes you just need the soundboard. Mm-hmm. Um, what's our pre-bed routine? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Noah wakes up, no. goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting on a couch. Uh, Noah admits that he's getting a little tired before me. I say, good, get gone then. Uh, so it's either you getting tired or I take a little bit longer to go to bed because of my face routine and my lotions. It's always you in bed first. He always has a full glass of water. Why are you, we giving them like the blow by blow of like what? Well, it's our not. And then I prepare is. your penis. No, you. I put on about eight layers of clothes because I'm always cold. The dog hops up in bed. Um, we kiss goodnight on the private parts. Uh, you listen to a podcast. You fall asleep. I scroll through my phone, and oh, that was my top of the cob. Oh, I wrote it down. There's no real routine. It's just me taking as long as I need to prepare my face, and you listen to a podcast about basketball. Yeah, the, the key is to find something just interesting enough to uh, push away the uh, the Anxiety. crazy thoughts that I, well, I have a very active head, so sometimes I it'll just start to get going in my brain, and I won't be able to sleep. So I'll be thinking about a bunch of stuff. So the podcast has to be just interesting enough to push that those yeah. thoughts away, but just they boring know. enough. They know they're listening to one right now as they fall asleep. Also. Um, we had something really stressful happen the other day. It has nothing to do with a baby. I feel like as a woman in her 30s, you can't say anything that's like ominous without like, did you lose a baby? Something really stressful and awful happened. And so I couldn't sleep that night. And I got up in the middle of the night and I was like, you know what? I'm going to clean the kitchen. And everything I picked up managed to find its way to the floor. Like just metal hooks falling, onions falling. And I just made, I was going to surprise you with a clean kitchen. You surprised me. I surprised you by waking you up. <laughs> oh, you're mad at me because I cut you off when you're talking about your podcast hack. Uh, I'm okay. Okay, well, I'm just, people know to fall asleep to podcasts. Now you're going to get quiet. I just, nothing. To- All right. Abby Harvey, does Smokey Husky have a favorite brand of frozen pizza? How does he feel about Trader Joe's? Uh, I don't have a favorite brand of frozen pizza. Um, I yeah, I usually just make pizza um, or work in a pizzeria. But uh, according to, uh, I've been randomly watching sometimes these those uh, one bite pizza reviews. He's been doing his quarantine pizza edition, and he's. Uh, I don't know that I actually trust his opinion because he's just a over the top dude. Um, but his number one on his board is, uh, what is it? Newman's own. So maybe that's the answer. That one Wookiee, what do you like least about Tianfu and what do you love the most? Um, I know what you love least. What? It's when she like surprised super loud barks out of the blue. Oh my God. She's such a quiet little cloud angel. The slightest rumble outside. It's just like, you're like, do we live with a parrot? It's just so jarring. Other than that, I love everything about her. What about you? No, I'm, I'm fine. Come on, dude. They're asking you a question. You, you, it was for you. You answered. They're for both of us. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't like that she, like, forgets, she forgets if I leave you. the room and I go downstairs and then I, like, come back upstairs, she hears a noise and barks again. So it's like every yeah, time scared. you, so it's like if, uh, it's just like now I know that if I, because I get up, pretty early if i walk back into the living room from the other room it's gonna wake my wife up is an annoying thing so i have to like decide but she is incredibly pliable uh and i mean that physically like you can pick her up you can she's very comfortable and what i love is seeing how happy she is and how sweet she is and i love seeing how comfortable she's become you know the reason you adopt a dog and I'm, so this is not like we breed them for money. This isn't a purebred. You adopt a dog to give it a good home. And it fills my heart to see how happy she is and how she's becoming herself. And when she has all of her toys and she's just a very sweet animal. And I like to think that we brought that out in her. And she saw a cat today. She saw a cat today. That was a big fucking deal. All right. We got one more question. M.F. Hawk, Eliza and Co., is now the time to confront deep-seated family secrets while we're all quarantined under one roof? Love your live shows. I say yes. Set it on fire, and from the ashes, you will arise a new Phoenix family. Caca. 
So, Dad, you're also my brother. I just feel like, and we're the kind of family, at least the Schlesinger half of it, my dad will tell you friction makes a pearl. Get it out, because it's got to come out somehow, and now no one can run anywhere. Friction also makes a fire that kills everyone. And pressure makes a diamond. So I'm just saying. These blunt forces, blunt trauma to your emotions can sometimes be a good thing. Uh, I don't know your family. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if it's like a drug issue, it's a physical issue, but as good a time as any. Get it out. If you're going to say what you're going to say, you're going to say it. You're going to feel what you're going to feel. It's already there. You know? Rip the Band-Aid. Stay ready and got to get ready. It's time for Top of the Cob. It's the Top of the Cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the Cob. My name is Tianfu. I've got a small mouth. Every day, I've got a small mouth. I'm Tianfu. All right, let's start with your top of the cob. Would you like to? Yeah, my top of the cob. Engage top of the cob. It's a film we watched the other night that I've been hearing about as being great for a while, and I finally got a chance to watch it. It's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's so a good. French film. It is on Hulu right now, streaming. And uh, it was uh, an outstanding film. Um, I think it's one of those movies, I think it's better to not know anything about it and just <laughs> yeah. watch it. Um, it was beautifully, it was a beautiful, visually beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, it's like a very simple kind of, uh, very sort of still seeming premise, but, uh, was a very just alive, active, vibrant movie that was, uh, compelling and just sort of like, you're just sort of watching it and just sort of slowly, slowly builds. And all of a sudden you realize you're just like riveted. Yeah. And there's a really fun fact about it. There's no score. You don't realize it until you're done. You're like, oh my God, it was so beautiful and there was no music that wasn't already in the scene. It was just a really, you see that movie, you're like, oh, that's what an artfully mastered, beautiful film looks like. That's why we went to film school, sort of. Also because they didn't have comedy degrees back then. Uh, My top of the cob, this is kind of sad, but I don't care. Because I started doing this because I was like, this is ridiculous. But now I find this very soothing. I scroll through Instagram. I find this very calming. I used to do this with coffee drinks, like a lot of, there's this one account. It used to be my top of the cob, Y.N.A. I think she's Korean and she makes coffee drinks with jazz in the background. And I find it very soothing. It's just hands. I started scrolling through to look at baths because girls go bananas. Like all of a sudden it's a bath with like $800 worth of roses in it and a plate of pancakes and a book and coffee. I love a warm bath for about 10 minutes and then I got to get out of there. Not even. Not even 10. But- I find something very soothing about looking at the baths other people have constructed. There's an art to it. You got too much shit in there, literally. A colorful bath bomb grosses me out. I saw a girl the other day who was in a dress, in a bath with a plate of sushi and some balloons. It's very weird. I was thinking of the poor husband being forced to take 4 million photos yeah. while she keeps readjusting the, the 90 roses that are going to go Get bad the crystals and the taquitos. But I do think there's something soothing and I just like looking at them. I do not. Uh... Okay. You haven't even looked. You showed me some. Okay. Uh, that being said, our bath is just the bath. We put some salts in it. But that's some it. Salts. some salts, but that's it. We don't have even one of the trays because I don't want to read in the bath. Medical bath engaged. Medical bath. Bottom of the cob. Uh, one of my pet peeves are vacuous, gigantic, impossible to answer, not in specificity, open-ended questions. Like on text, someone will be like, hey, how's LA? Like, what the fuck does that mean? Engaging with, oh my God, that's what it was. That's How's my other- bo- everything? That's my other, you know what? I'm just going to do it because I don't want to forget it for next week. That, because it's like a bullshit check-in. You know, how's New York? How's the fam? People mean well, like, hey, how are your parents? They're fine. If you didn't hear about them dying or sick, they're fine. I only ask that when I feel like I'm supposed to ask something. Exactly. I hate that when, when I was single and someone would be like, hey, how's New York? I know it's a dude like, you want to fuck? That's what, hey, how's New York? You're at, how's a whole living, breathing sit? How's LA? It's fine. Nobody actually cares. It's just them being like, see, I checked in. That way I can say I'm a fan if I ever need a favor. I just think it's such bullshit. It reminds me of one of my favorite like Jalen Rose-isms when he was talking about when, like NBA players on social player. media. Mm-hmm. Are like, they're like, they're like on the road for a game and like, what's good, New York? How's everyone doing? What that actually is, is a signal to single girls to DM you because they want to, to, to get hookups. Yeah, and I also, this is a major, major pet peeve of mine and I'm glad that I remembered it. I cannot stand when people say, congrats. It's, it means nothing. It's the most empty 
congratulatory thing you can say, you couldn't muster up the energy to type the full congratulations. So you give me this bullshit, emotionless, abridged version. Version. It always makes me feel like the person's doing it through their teeth, like, congrats. When And I have had good friends do it, like, congrats on your show. I'm like, oh, that's so meaningful. Thanks for taking the fucking time. This is such a old person get off my lawn take. I'm sorry. I just think congrats. It's like typing thanks, T-H-N-X. Like, really? You really couldn't be bothered? So what congrats means is, hey, the subtext of that is, hey, I want to go on record as saying that I was happy for you in case I never need anything and I want to look like I'm being a good friend, but in actuality, I kind of don't care. That I know that sounded like my stand-up. I cannot stand congrats. I think it's just such a faux, uh, congratulatory, meaningless thing to say. You may as well say nothing. So you just know that. Hey, congrats on the show. I'm like, cool. I can tell that took a lot for you to do. Okay. It is the email version of a thank you card. Thank you card should be handwritten for like a wedding gift. Just saying. You know what? You want to let me know you care? Then you take some time. The most important thing we can give is time. And when you say the abridged version of congratulations, it lets me know that you're really saying, fuck you, I don't care. No one's like, congrats on your baby. Like, uh. I'm, I'm just saying. All right, you go. You're so great, you go. Um, my bottom of the cob is uh, this like, yeah, I'm social distancing. Well, except oh, this yeah. like, this bullshit, oh, like- yeah. Do you guys not know how like math and probability works? If you're saying, no, no, I'm keeping to myself. Well, except, you know, my friend comes over once in a while and he doesn't really see anybody. He's totally by himself, except that he hangs out with his girlfriend and they go back to his mom's house and they make dinner. And it's like, all it takes is, it's, this is how ripples work and how contact points work. The whole point of this is, is like, you're not special because you're bored. Like you just, this is how it works. This is math, it's probability. Look at it uh, from a cold, objective standpoint and, like, just you don't get to see people. Stay we home. have a friend and we're talking we're a friend. Like, oh, I hang out There's with— lots of people who yeah. are doing this. Yeah. Everyone uh, tells me, oh, we don't see anybody. Maybe we'll come in. We've all been quarantined for two weeks. We could all hang out now and have dinner. And then you go, oh, really? Have you seen, you seen no one for two weeks? Well, well my girlfriend. Actually, yeah, my roommates. I've got roommates or I have a friend who— live who, below us. Yeah, lives, he has a building that he owns. And he's like, yeah, and then we go in the garden together. And you don't know what those other two people that rent the room from you do. You don't know what other people are doing. So People quit. still trying to do the elbow tap when they see you in product. No. No touching. Anyways, yeah. So that's how disease gets spread. This has been, I almost said this is Don't Panic Pantry. This has been another episode of Ask Eliza Anything. Speaking of, we got brown rice pudding to make, baby. What time is it? Oh, we got to go to Don't Panic Pantry. Okay, and that's how we keep busy. By uh, online social engagements uh, that pay nothing or very little. Not the podcast, but, you know, other things like that. You guys, we love your questions. We did not get to all of them, but more will be back. We love you. Ask me. But stay home and do it through a mask me. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador.